Shas Illuminated presents the following shir by Rabbi Meir Turin. Meseches Tainus has been dedicated by Mr. Aaron Zweig, Le'iloi Nishmas Reb Shimon ben Nechemya Halevi. The Gemara Meseches Tainus on Daf Chav Beis is in the middle of a story which began on Chav Aleph Amid Beis. The Gemara told us the story with Abba Umna, Abba who was a surgeon, Abba Asli Shlomo Mimesifta the Rekia Kol Yoyma. He would get a Shalom Aleichem from the Mesifta the Rekia every single day. Abai would receive this special Shalom Aleichem every Erev Shabbos. And Rava would receive it every Erev and Kippur. The Ben Yoyada explains, Abba Umna was in a situation where the Yitzhar was misgaber on him and therefore when he was Aymer ben Isayin, he was Zaychet to Yishalom every single day. Abai received it every Erev Shabbos, which is the sixth day of the week. Ben Yayada explains, because we know the halacha follows Abaye in all his arguments with Rava, it follows like Abaye in Yal Kigam, which is an acronym which stands for six halachas which follow Abaye. And therefore, Meshamayim, they were showing him that these six halachas are extremely special, Meshamayim, and therefore every sixth day he will receive a shalom. Rava received it every Arab Yom Kippur, because like the Gemara says, that Rava had a minog to be misana two days, because of a Safik, when Yom Kippur was, and therefore Rava would receive the Shalom Aleichem every single day. Now the Gemara tells us, The fact that Abba Umna received it every single day. They told Abba, You are not able to do like the Maisim that Abba Umna does. And like the Marsha explains, Abba wasn't just jealous of Abba Umna, but rather, Abaye held that obviously Abba Umna is doing very special maizim. Perhaps he as well could do these maizim. On that they told Abaye, no, you cannot do like Abba Umna. And this we find two explanations. The Masho explains that practically speaking, Abaye was a Rosh Hashiva, and therefore he was not in the Makkah Nisayan together with the women the way Abba Umna was. And therefore they told him, it's not possible for you to do like the actions of Abba Umna. This works out very good like the Masho that his main issue was that perhaps he could do better things in order to be zaychet to this. And this they told Abayi that practically speaking, it's not Negea. The Arachama wants to offer another pshat in what they were telling Abayi. Based on the Gemara Masech Tesuk on the Nun Beis Amar Aleph, where the Gemara teaches us that anyone greater than his friend, the Yitzhar as well, is greater. And the Gemara then tells a story with Abayi himself. At one time you heard two people, a woman and a man, talking with each other. And they said, let's walk together on the road. Abai said, I better follow them to make sure they do not come lead Iser. When they were finished, they parted ways. And the man and woman said to each other, it's so nice to be with each other, but we must now separate and go on our ways. Abai came back and he was very upset about this. And he felt that if he would have been in such a situation, he would have been nuchshal. Until Asahu Saba, the old man, came, which Taisa Nechulam Dafhei, according to one explanation, explains that wherever in Shas it says, Ha'u Saba, it is a reference to Elio Anavi, and he told him he should not be to Brachen, And therefore, Zakhtar Achama, they were telling Abaye, since by you your Yetzar is much greater, you will not be able to do the same Maisim of Abba Umna to be in such a situation and to be Aymed bin Isayim. The Gemara goes further, and the Gemara says that one day Abai sent a group of Rabbanan to be Baidik Abba Umna to see if he's indeed on this high level. 
The story goes that Abba Umna gave them to eat and to drink, and he gave them mats to rest on at night. In the morning, they rolled up these mats, and they took them with them to the marketplace. They found Abba Umna, like the Gemara tells us what it transpired. Now the question is, that the Gemara Masechus Bob Menziah, and that Samach Aleph Amabes teaches us, that there's halacha leisignayv almanas lemekat. A person is not allowed to steal, even if he's not planning on keeping it, on condition to hurt his friend. Or, a person is also not allowed to steal, even if he has good intent, and he plans on paying back the person double. And like Rashi explains over there about Matziah, a person would do such a thing. If he wants to be Mahana, his friend gives himself something good, and his friend refuses to accept it. So he figures he'll steal, and then he'll be obligated to pay back Kefal. Zakta Gemara, that is a lav deraisa, so the question is, how were the Talmidim of Abaye permitted to steal these mats, even if their intent was just to test them and they were planning on giving it back? Well, they should fall under the category of a A similar question we can ask on the Sugim Mesechus Bobabasra on Naptezayin Amen Aleph. Of there, the Gemara tells us, Darash Rava, Rava Darshan, the Maidach Siv, what is the meaning of the Pasik that Eiv said? The blessing of the one who has lost something will come upon me. This teaches us that, that Eli would still fill to the assignment, the mashpiach the fields, and then return to the assignment. And over there as well, we can ask the same question. How is Eli allowed to do such a thing and he's praised for it? Doesn't this fly in the face of the Gemara Bamatsiya, which says that it's also to steal even Alanas? And Ramosha and Dibras Mosha Masechus Babasra in Ha'ara Ayin Ches indeed asked this question. And he said, How does this work out with the Sugim Bamatsiya? In order to answer these questions, it's could die to be Makdim, a fundamental Yesaid that we see Mitaich Dibri Arambam, Yesaidistic Achilg between Geneva and Gezela. And today we'll talk about four Chilukim that we find in the Rambam. The Rambam in the beginning of Hilgos Geneva, Perik Aleph, Halach Aleph writes, Anyone who steals money transgresses the law of Geneva. Yet in Perik Aleph, Halach Aleph, Mehilchus Gzela, the Rambam uses a little bit of a different Lashen. Over there, the Rambam focuses, Over there, the Rambam writes, Someone who steals from his friend transgresses the law of Gzela. Number two, the Rambam in Hilgos Geneva writes, Anyone who steals Shavar Pruta Ulamala, a Shavar Pruta and onward, transgresses the lace, I say. Yet in Hilchus Gzela, the Ramam just writes, anyone who steals a Shavar Pruta is Ivar the Lavali Sigzel. Number three in Hilchus Geneva, the Ramam brings down that there's an Isser to steal, even Derek even for a joke, and even on condition to give back, and even on condition to pay. Yet in Gzela, the Rambam is Mashmit, this entire halacha, the Rambam does not mention it. And number four, the Rambam in Hilchus Geneva says, it's also to be Gainev, Mamain Akam. It's forbidden to steal money of a Gentile. The Rambam's focus is on the object that's being stolen. Yet when it comes to Hilchus Gezela, the Rambam writes, it's also Ligzoil Akam. It's also to steal from a non-Jew. He does not focus on Mamain, the money of the Akam. Now the Mithas Chinoch, Emitzah Reish Chavdal, Tzivkat and Beis, says a tremendous Chiddush as well, that even according to the opinions that hold, that when it comes to Gezel Akum, the Isser is only Midrabanon. However, Geneva's Akum, if someone steals a Darach Geneva, 
then it's Asr Minatayra. And finally, Reb Chaim Brisker said a Chiddush like this, that if someone stole an object that is worth a hundred prutais, he's only over one lav. If he does it, Darach Geneva. However, if someone steals Darach Gezela, which is when one steals Bifahesya Berabim, in such a case, he is over on every single pruta. And if the object was worth a hundred prutais, he is over a hundred separate lavim of Lysigzal. Now the pshat to answer all the diukim in the Rambam and all the different things we just brought down, we can explain it like the Rishimah Shi'urim explains on the Sefus Babakama in Simen Memhe. He says there's a fundamental difference between the Isser Gzela and the Isser Geneva. When it comes to the Isser Geneva, what the Torah forbade was the Maisa Geneva, the action of Geneva. And like the Mechaz writes, that Maisa Geneva, the Torah was not just Makbid merely because of the monetary loss that your friend is incurring, but rather it's Amida Garua, the action of a Maisa Geneva is a horrible action which the Torah answered. And like you find in the Gemara Mesechus Babakama, Daf Ayin Tesama Beis, that someone who does Geneva, which is one, one stills, the Seser, it's as if he's saying he's scared of people, but he has no fear of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Mashiach is someone who steals Gzela, which is Dami Farhasya, he's not afraid of anybody, and therefore is not as severe. Based on this, let's come back now and answer up all the different Diyukim in the Rambam. The first Diyuk we made was that when it comes to Geneva, the Rambam writes, Asr it's forbidden to steal money. He does not mention at all stealing from your friend. Like this, it's very understandable. By Geneva, the Iker Isser is the Torah, Asr, the Maisa Mechur of the Ganav, the horrible action that the Ganav is doing. And therefore, the Ram does not focus on the fact that it's from your friend. That's not the point. Masha Enkei, when it comes to Gzela, the Ram over there writes, Asr Ligzal Chaveray, it is forbidden to be Gzal from your friend, because by Gzela, the Yisrael of the Isser is the Hefzid Mamun Chaveray, the fact that you're causing your friend a loss, a monetary loss. And therefore, the Rambam focuses on Gaizal Chaveri. Number two, we were Medayik and Hilchus Geneva. The Rambam writes, It is forbidden to steal Mishavapruta Ulamala, a Shavapruta and onward. Yet by Gzela, the Rambam just writes, It is forbidden to steal a Pruta. According to this, it's very understandable. By Geneva, where the Iker Isser is not as far as being Machaser Mamun Chaveri, causing your friend a loss, but rather the Torah forbade the Maisa Machur. And like Rav Chaim said, if one does Darach Geneva, one steals an object worth 100 prutais, he only transgresses one lava of Geneva, because one action. So Mela Ram is writing, someone who steals Yishavar Prutalamala, no matter what it is, it's all included in one lava of Geneva. However, when it comes to Gzela, where the Yisrael of the Ister is built on the fact you're being Mechaser Mamun Chaveri, you're causing your friend a loss, therefore the Ramam over there writes that someone who steals Yishavar Prutah, he already transgresses Leisigzal, the Ram means to bring out that if you'll steal a second pruta, there'll be two lavim of sigzal. Because as far as the loss which is incurring by your friend, each pruta is another loss. Number three, Rumadayik, that the Ram, when it comes to Geneva, brings down the Isser of Almanas, Lashalim, and Derech Schaik. And the Pshat is very Geshmak according to this. When it comes to Geneva, where the site of the Isser is, the action, which is a Maisa Machur, so as long as you're doing that action, even Derech or even on Manas L'Shalim, that's still considered an action which is a Maisa Mechur. By Sheenkin, by Gzela, the site of this or Gzela is the Mechaser Mam Chaveri, the fact that you're causing your friend a loss. And therefore, in a case the Ramam held, and in a case where you're stealing on Manas L'Shalim, 
where your intention is not to cause him a loss, or you're just stealing Darach's chayk as a joke, but you're planning on giving it back, that does not fall under the category of gzela, where the side of gzela is the chisarin that you're doing by mamel chaveri. And number four, by Geneva, the Rambam writes, when it comes to Geneva's akum, he writes, it's forbidden, lignaiv mamain akum. It's forbidden, he focuses on the object being stolen. And it's forbidden to steal the money of a non-Jew. Because over there, the Dagesh is the Iker Isser by Geneva inside the Maisa Geneva. The Rambam saying this is also an object which is, falls under the category of Geneva. However, by Gzela, the Rambam changes his language. And he writes, it's Aser Ligzol Akam, to steal from a non-Jew. Since by Gzela, the Iker Isser Mitzad is Mitzad Mechasem Omechaveray, therefore the Rambam focuses on Ligzol Akam. And that works out well with the Mechas Chinuch, who writes that even if Gzela's Akam is only Midrabanan, However, that man, the Amr, will agree that when it comes to Geneva's Akum, it's a Deiraisa. And like this, it's very understandable. According to the man, the Amr says, Gzela's Akum is only Asr Midrabanon. He says that the Torah wasn't as Makvid when it came to money of a non-Jew. That's because that's all by Gzela, where the site of the Isser is built on the Mechisarin that you're doing by Mamun Chaveray. The fact that you're being Mechasar Mamun Chaveray. However, when it comes to Geneva, where the site of Isser is, the Kapeda of the Torah was that you should not do an action which is mechur, for that, even Geneva's Akim is considered a Maisa mechur. Based on this Yisai, we can come back and answer up the Sligim Bavavasir on Dav Tezayin Amir Aleph. Where over there, Eir praised himself of stealing the Sada from the Yisaimim and the Mashpiachet. And we asked, isn't this Saisa of the Gemara Bavavasir? So the answer is that from a Dayak in the Gemara Bavavasir, it says he used to be Geizel Sada Yisaimim. He would do a gzela on a sadi yisayimim and be mashpiach and give it back. And since over there the Ramam holds there is no Israel manas l'shalim when it comes to gzela, therefore, Fakarit, since he only planned to do it to mashpiach it, there was no problem with anything, he was praised for it. According to this Yisayid, we can answer up our as well. Over here with the Talmidim Abaye, the Ben Yayada says that they took a derech gzela, they took the mats in the morning. They took it in front of all the members of the household of Abba Umna. Therefore, as far as Gzela is concerned, as long as the person intends on giving it back, it's Almanas Lahachser. There is no Chiddush Hatayra that there's a law by Gzela of Almanas Lahachser. Because the site of Gzela again is only where the Kabbana is Lachachser Maman Chavirin. However, this all fits in very nicely according to the Shitas Harambam. We were Mechiach and Mechal between Geneva and Gezela. However, this Chiddush is not Muskim in all the Rishonim. Number one, the Ritzvah and Mesachus over there on Samach Aleph on the base writes that even though the Gemara says by Geneva, however, Yalfinan Gezel me Geneva. Over there we learn that as well that if someone steals even with intention to give back, or even if he's planning on giving the person more, Afilu Hachi is over the love of Leisigzel. So we see from the words of the Ritzvah, the Ritzvah argues with the Rambam. And he is not mechal between Gezela and Geneva. And therefore, according to the Ritzvah, it's Chazav It comes back, the question, number one, from the Sugi in the end of Basra with Eiv, that how is Eiv allowed to steal the Sundas for Yisayimim? Amanas Lashpiach, it should be included in this law of Leisigzol Amanas Lashaling. And number two, how does the Ritzvah resolve our Sugi? How were the Talmidim of Abaye permitted to steal these mats, even if their intention was noble, and even if they were planning on giving it back. We can answer the Ritzvah with two Mahachim. The first Mahach is what the Yad Ramah, over there in the Sechlis Bav Basra says, the Yad Ramah himself actually asked this question on Eiv, 
have this you have allowed to do this, the Khairat Kanaga the Sugim of Mitsia. On that the Yadramah gives a fascinating answer. He says, Eoy was a Benayach, Eoy was a non Jew. It's a discussion in the Gemara whether Eoy was a Benayach or Yisrael. The Yadramah is learning this Gemara Akhapanam holds that Eoy was a Benayach, and therefore this whole Chiddush that we say that there's an Isser to steal, Almanas Lahachzer or Almanas Lashalim, that Isser is only by Yisrael and it does not apply to a Benayach. The second answer is what Ramesha Feinstein Zatzal writes in Divers Maisha over there, Mesephus Bo Basra, Hahara Ayin Ches. Ramesha writes that when it comes to Karka, something which is not movable, so really the only way how to do a Maisa Gzela on Karka is only if you're using the field with Kavana to keep it for yourself. And therefore Ramesha says over here that Eov is planting the field and using the field to be Mashpiach for the assignment, there is no Isser of now, both the Yad Ramah's answer and Ramosha's answer will resolve the Sugya and Baba Basra. However, as far as the Sugya Mesechtis Tainus are Sugya, where the Talmidim of Abaye were stealing these mats, number one, we cannot give the answer of the Yad Ramah that since Eli was a Ben Nayach, so he did not have the Isra of Manas Lashalim, because over here we're dealing with the Israelim. And even the Mahalach of Ramosha, that when it comes to Karka, so over there, if the person does not intend to steal it, but to be mishabeach. So it's not naig the Israel of Anas Lishalim, but over here we're dealing with mats, we're on a tautalin. And therefore, it will be of an air, it will still remain the question on the Ritva. How does the Ritva explain this Tugya in Tainus? According to the Ritva, perhaps we have to say, like the Sfas Emes writes, that the Sfas Emes as well is very bothered. How could the Talminum of Abaye take the mats, even if they had noble intention, but there is Israel Manas Lishalim? Because the question is so strong, the Svas Emes writes, we are forced to say that Abba Umna, when he gave them the mats to begin with, he really gave it to them to keep. So what was the whole test that later on in the marketplace they were testing him, that he should see that it's his mats and they have it? The test was not that they didn't have no right to take the mats, and therefore he should have said something. But rather the test was that he gave them the mats to keep, not to sell in the shuk. And therefore, there was still a test, would he say something? Or, one can say, the way Rashi explains in his second explanation, the test they were testing Abba Umna was about was, since they showed that they had no idea, they did not know the true value of these mats, they were testing Abba Umna if he would tell them a fair price. Now the Gemara tells us that they told Abba Umna, Please tell us what you were chayshed us when you realized that we took your mats. So we replied to them, I thought Pidin Shvuyim Ikul Rabbanon. I thought perhaps there was a case of Pidin Shvuyim, the Chsifal Memali, and you were embarrassed to tell me about it. Like the Ben Yoyad explains, why would they have been embarrassed to tell them about Pidin Shvuyim? Because perhaps it was a relative of one of theirs, and they were embarrassed the fact that they would have to go around and raise funds for their own relative. Amrlay, so they said to Abba Umna, Hash Dunishkul Omar, at least now take back your mats. Amalui told them, From that very moment, when I realized that you took the mats, I was Masiach Das from these mats, and I was planning on giving them to Tzedakah. The Meiri over here writes, Even though we know there's a halach in Shas, that a person's mashav in his heart has no validity, like the Gemara in Kedushan on Daf Memtes teaches us, the Gemara Das Adam Shegaymer Bedaitai. And the fact that he merely had intention to give it to the Aniyim, 
does not have the status of a nether until he actually articulates it with his mouth. Still, there is a Midas Chasidos that once a person decides in his heart to give something to the Aniyim, his machshava should not take back his machshava. Even though over here it was even more of a chiddush, because when he gave it, he thought the reason why he took it was because there was indeed a pidin shvuyim. However, it's a midas chasidus. Once he is meyayish, he should keep to his thoughts, even though there is no real chiv. He says this is what we see from our gemara meishaita. Now what the Me'iri names on for a Dover Pashit, that Gomer of the Levi, as far as Tzedakah is concerned, does not have the status of a nether, is not so simple. Because in Yeridea, in Chelek Gimel, Simen Reish Nunchas Sif Gimel, there are more Paschans like this. In Chashav the Levi, Litein, is a Dover Tzedakah, if someone had in mind in his heart to give an item to Tzedakah, he is obligated to mekayim his machshava. The only nafkamina of Amira is that if he actually spoke it out, Be'ezim would force him to give it to Tzedakah. However, as far as he himself having an obligation, once a person is gamar belibay to give something to Tzedakah, he is obligated to give it. The Ramah then brings down another opinion, which is the opinion of the Me'iri as well. Some say, however, he does not articulate it with his mouth, it does not have validity of an ender. However, there are mayans off, the halacha, we go with this first svara, that gomar beliva is enough to obligate a person to give the object to tzedakah. Now, the Vilna Gain over there in Shechanar and Sivkatan Lamavav writes that even though we find when it comes to truma and when it comes to kachim, a person making a carbon, that mahani neder believe, then a nether, even in a person's heart, has the validity of a nether. Mikalmakim, the Gain says, they argue these two shitas as far as tzedakah is concerned. Do we compare tzedakah to kachim or not? Now we have to understand, based on what the Gain is saying, that the crux of the question over here is, do we compare tzedakah to kachim, that even a nether believe has validity of a nether, or do we compare tzedakah to the regular nedarim, where over there is a din of bitis fasayim, and unless you utter it with your mouth, it does not have validity. What, what exactly is the svara lekan or lekan? Perhaps we can explain the machlekes rishayim over here. The hakdim asugim babakama. The sugim itself is babakama. The aflamid above on the base brings down the following story. Alugaver the taka lechavre. There was a fellow who screamed in the ear of his friend, and he heard him. By mechliyav litein palga dezuza, and he was obligated to pay half a zuz. Amalehu Gavra, the fellow who was injured, said, Since it's such a small amount of money, I'm not interested in it. Instead, just give it to the poor. Then he changed his mind and he said, You know what? Give it to me. Like this, I'll take the money and I'll heal myself using that money. Rabbi Yosef, who was standing there, said that it's too late. Once you said that that money should go to the Aniyim, the Aniyim already were in it. Even though there are no Anim standing here, Anan Yad Anim Anan. I am a Gavay Tzedakah. I am like the hand of the Anim, and I was Zaychen this money for them. You cannot back out. Taisus over there, Masechus Babakama, asks a very strong question. Why did Rav Yosef need to come onto the logic of Anan Yad Anim Anan? That I am the hand of the Anim. 
even without this, the person was ready to give that money to tzedakah. Like the Gemara Mesechus Rosh Hashanah that Baba Menal teaches us, Bifiha and Zu Tzedakah. Bifiha from Bifiha we learned that a person becomes obligated when he says he's going to give something to Tzedakah. Tysus answers, because over here it was considered a Davar Shalai Bala'ilam. When do we say Bifiha Zu Tzedakah? That's when I have an object, I have money in my house, and I say I'm going to give this to Tzedakah. Over there, Bifiha Zu Tzedakah says that I'm obligated. However, the same way a person cannot give to Hakdish something which is not owned by him yet. So Huadin over here is considered Leibolaylam. Huadin over here, since the person just owed him the money, but this person who was injured did not yet zayich, was not yet zayich in the money, therefore he was not able to give it over with the din of the So what was Rav Yaisa saying? Rav Yaisa was saying that there's a new concept called Maimit Shlashtan. The din is, it's a din der Abbanan, the Gemara at the end of the first parak of Gittin teaches us, that if you have the person who owes the money, and the person who the money is owed to, and you have a third party where the person wants to transfer their obligation to him, there's a chiddish der Abbanan called Maimit Shlashtan, that that works. And that's what Rav Yaisu was saying. Anan yadaniyam anan, and therefore I am the third party standing here, and we have the person who was injured and the person who did the injury, and therefore I was kind of ready for that niyam, through the concept of Ma'amit Shlashtam. Now, Rav Chaim in his Sefer, in Hilchus Mechira, Perak Chav Beis, Allah writes the following, We have to be chayker, we have to analyze the Iker Allah of Beficha Zutzedaka. That Beficha Zutzedaka tells us that with your mouth, something becomes Tzedaka. Rav Chaim says, how are we to understand this? Is it the pshat that the actual money, or the object, that you said I want to give to Tzedaka, in a dine mominus, as far as the money itself is concerned, the aniyam already have an actual kinyan on this money, and when the ani takes it, he does not need to make a new kinyan. Or perhaps no. Perhaps Bafikha's du tzedakah does not go so far as to give an actual kinyan in the money. But rather, Bafikha's du tzedakah just says that as soon as you say, I want to give a certain thing to tzedakah, then it already is a chal shame tzedakah on the object which means that this thing now is designated, that it must go for the Aniyim. It's a way of designation. And now the Aniyim have a right to make a kinyan in it, to make it theirs as far as Dine Mominus is concerned. And perhaps you can say that this is the Shiloh over here in the Ramah, between the two opinions in the Ramah, whether Tzedakah is similar to Hakdish or not. If we hold that Bethichazu Tzedakah was Mechadish Tas, that with your Amira itself, the thing not only is designated to be, to be tzedakahs, but it actually becomes owned by the Aniyam and Dine Mamanis. If so, then it's Daimit to Hakdish. Hakdish as well has this uniqueness that through your Deber itself, the thing becomes Mamaynaishal Hakdish. And therefore, the Svar would follow that the same way by Hakdish, one has the power to make something Hakdish believe, Huadin tzedakah should have that same halacha. However, if we understand the Fichazu tzedakah, is merely a designation on the object. That the object now becomes, gets a shame tzedakah on it, becomes designated for that niyim. So then we can say that perhaps it only has the level like a regular nether, where over there there's a din that you need dafka, vitois vasayim, for it to be articulated by mouth. The Gemara continues, and the Gemara tells a story with her breika chuza, that have a shriach b'shuka d'velefet, he was accustomed to being in the marketplace of d'velefet. Habeshriach Eliyahu Gabe and Eliyahu Hanavi would be there many a times together with Rebrekah Chuzah. One day Rebrekah Chuzah asked Eliyahu Hanavi, 
Is there someone in the marketplace now who is a Ben Elam Haba? He said, no, there is no one in the marketplace at this point who is a Ben Elam Haba. In the meanwhile, as they were talking, a fellow entered the marketplace. He was wearing black shoes. He was not wearing titsis. Then Elio turned to Rebekah Chuzan. He told him, This fellow you see, you just walked in. He is a Ben Elam Haba. Rod Basrei, so Rebekah Chuzan chased him down. Amalei asked him, My Ivdach, what do you do? Amalei told him back, Zilha Inna, go today, go away from me today, but tell him, come back to me tomorrow, we'll discuss this. Well, the next day, Amalei asked him, My Ivdach, what do you do? Amalei replied, Zandukrana, I am a Jill man, Basrana, Gavil Luchud, Benashil Luchud, I make sure to keep the men and women separate. Ramina, Poria, Benhani, Lahani, I place my bed between the two sides. Kihechid, they should not come. Furthermore, when I see a Bas Yisrael, the Yahavin Hachem Alainayu, that the Goyim, I see that they have their eyes on her, to save her. So he asked him, If so, how come you wear no tiptis and you're wearing these black shoes? So he told him, I have to go constantly between the Goyim in order that to find out. That if they're being geyser exera, I run and tell the rabbanan they should daven amimavatul exera, and therefore I have to be in disguise, and therefore I do not dress like a Jew. Rashi explains that mesani uchmi means that he was wearing black shoes, and black shoes is not the derech of the Yehudim. It's from Rashi that the actual shoe was black, and therefore it was not the derech of Yehudim in those days to wear black shoes. However. The Gemara Masechus Baba Kama Daf Nun Tesam and Alf Nun Tesam and Beis brings down a very fascinating story. The Gemara tells us that Eliezer Zira have a sayim esani uchmi. Eliezer Zira would wear black shoes, the kai b'shukah the nareda, and he would stand in the marketplace in nareda. Ashkechinu the very shkulusa the very shkulusa found him and he said, "How come you're wearing these black shoes?" He told him, "Because I'm being misabel on your shulayim." Rashi explains that he was wearing black shoes, which is a minigavelim. Now, Taisus over there, Masechus Babakama, is Medayik, that it's Mashma both from the Sugya and Babakama, and both from our Sugya and Masechus Tainus, that wearing black shoes was not considered the Minag of Yehudi, from Eliezer's era, and from the fact that this fellow wore black shoes in order not to be recognized as a Jew. Taisus, however, says, Temu, I don't understand this. After all, there's a Gemara Masechus Beya, and that says, one is not allowed to send a white shoe on Yantif because it's not ready to be used then. One needs to blacken it. It's Majdik from the Sugya and Beya that the Derek was a Dafka did wear black shoes and therefore a white shoe is not considered right. So how do we reconcile the two Sugyas? Rabbeinu Tam comes up with a fascinating approach. Rabbeinu Tam says that of course the actual shoe was black. And that was normal, that was the darach of the Yehudim, and that's the pshat in the Gemara Masechus Be'ah, that if a shoe is not yet blackened, it's not really to be used on Yantif. However, Rabbi Tam says the Sugi Babakama and the Sugi Tainis are not referring to the actual shoe, but rather it's referring to the shoelaces. Because the darach of Klal Yisrael was that though they were black shoes, the shoelaces were white. 
And therefore, in the Sugi of Bavakama and Sugi in Tainus, what he was doing different was that not only was he wearing black shoes, which was the minute of Yisrael, but he was wearing black shoelaces as well, which that was the minute of the Gaim. Furthermore, Rabbi Tam says, that is the Pshat in the Gemara in Sanhedrin and Parak Ben Sayyidu Umayra, on Daf Ayin Dalad on the base, where the Gemara teaches us that even though generally a person is only Mechliyuti Meiser Nefesh on the Gimla of Eris Chamurais, However, if it's a time of Shmad where the Gaim are trying to force the Jews not to serve Hashem, so then I feel even to change your shoelace is Aser. Rabbeinu Tam says this is what the Gemara means. Since the Derek was that the Ritzuais, the shoelaces of Klal Yisrael, was different than the shoelaces of the Gaim, where the shoelaces of the Gaim were black, the shoelaces of Klal Yisrael were white. Even on switching the shoelace, it is forbidden Mishas Hashmat. And the Avelis of Eliezer was that he didn't even want it Tzad Lavan. He wanted to be fully Bavelis because of the Chorban based on Migdash. And that is the Mahalach of Taisvis. Now the Rif, however, and the Rosh, Mesech the Sanhedrin, don't agree with Taisvis. Rather, the Rif and the Rosh and Mesech the Sanhedrin say that the Derech of Yisrael was that they wore black shoelaces. And the Derech of the Goyim was that they wore red shoelaces. So now, according to the Rif and the Rosh, wearing black shoelaces was considered a Derech Yisrael. So according to the Rif and the Rosh, we're forced to say that the Shinoi by Eliezer and the Sugim Babakama and by this fellow and the Sugim Tainis must have been the shoe itself. That it must have been that the Derech was that the Jew did not wear a black shoe. He wore black shoelaces, but he did not wear black shoes. And so is Mashma, the Pashas of the Lashon of Rashi, Masechtis Tainis. And he writes, Min alim He is wearing black shoes, shalike minig Yehudim, not like the minig of Jews. So according to both the Rif, the Rush, and Rashi, we have to know how do we resolve the Sugiyim Beya. Where the Sugiyim Beya flies in the face of all this. The Sugiyim Beya is mashma. One cannot send a shoe which is white on Yantif because it's not right to be used because you still need a black in it. One possible way how to resolve this question is a pshat which is brought down in the Oitzim Mepharshim in the end of Masechus Babakama. He brings down Moshein, the Rav, and the Rambam, that they write that this minog, which is mentioned in the Gemara Masechus Beya, that the Derek was to go with black shoes, was dafka b'mkaymeshel Rabbi Yehuda, only in Rabbi Yehuda's place. And according to this, we can say that only in the place of Rabbi Yehuda did they go with black shoes. However, everywhere else they went with white shoes, and that was the Nafgamina, according to the Rif, the Rush, and Rashi. And the Mishnah had taught us Elu about the following things we are Masriya in all places, for wind blasts, which would happen that strong winds would come, detach the kernels of the grain from the husks. If Yakiva says, when it comes to Shidafain, even a Kolshu, one is Masriya. Rashi asks a very strong question. How could Rabbi Akiva say that Shidafayin one is Masriya with Kalshu? Didn't we learn previously in the Mishnah the story that Yarda Zakanim may Yishalayim Le'arehem, that the elders came down from Yishalayim to their cities, and there were guys who were Tainis, Al Shanira Kemale Pitanor Shidafayin Ba'ashkulayin. That from the fact that a oven full of Tfua was affected in Ashkulayin, there were guys who were Tainis. So we see from that story that there is a share, an amount, how much needs to be affected by Shidafin in order to be Masriya. If so, how could Rabbi Akiva say that you're Masriya even on a Kol Shehu? 
On that, Rashi offers two explanations. Number one, Rashi says, the Mishnah is only referring to as far as the Tainus is concerned. As far as making a fast day, for that there's Allah, we're only make a fast day if it's Kamale Pitanur. Mashengen or Akiva is only talking about as far as to be Masriya. And for that, a Kalshu is enough. According to this first explanation of Rashi, it's going to come out that when Rabbi Kiva says Masriyan, Masriyan means just the blowing of a shaifer without fasting, which that is the Shittas Haraivit. And for a shaifer itself, by Kalshu is enough to blow with a shaifer. The second Mahalach of Rashi is that Maise Shahaya Kachaya. That which the Mishnah says that one time there were geyser tainis because there was an oven full that was affected by Shidafain and Ashkelain, that just happened to have been the story. But of course, they would have been geyser tainis even if it would have been a kosher. Now, on both Mahalchem of Rashi, the Magad Mishnah and the Sfas Emes ask very strong questions. To start off with the Rambam in Perak Beis Mehilchis Tainis Halachid Aleph writes, Allah Shidafain. How we must read on Shidafain, Mishiyasru Bitfua, once it starts affecting the Tfua, Bafilohiskul Ella Bimakim Katan, Kimale Pitanur. Even if it only started a very small amount, Kimale Pitanur. The Magamishna writes that it's a that the Rambam understood that Riakiva that says Kalshahu is not a steer to the Mishnah that says Malay Tanur, because Malay Tanur, relatively speaking, is considered a very small amount. And therefore, Rekiva says Kalshu. But there is no contradiction between Rekiva and the story mentioned in the Mishnah. However, the Maga Mishnah writes that Rashi does not hold this way. Because Rashi asks for a question. That how can Rekiva say that there were geyser on Shidafa and on a Kalshu if the Mishnah says clearly you need Malay Pitanur? He brings down the first explanation of Rashi. That Rashi says there's a distinction that the Mishnah is referring to Tainus. And when it comes to Tainus, you need the amount of Malay Pitanur. And Riyakiva is only talking about as far as Hasra is concerned. And then he asks that the Mishnah that says Hasra would be Mashma, Hasra is Mashma, even Tainus. We can even the question of the Maga Mishnah on Rashi. Doesn't Rashi himself say on Yechesam Abayz, when the Mishnah says Masri and Miyad, he explains, has the Chaimer of Shavach Rainus, the seven last fast days, which have both the Kiyas and Tainus. And when the Mishnah uses that same terminology by Shidafin Masriyan, according to Rashi, it would seem it would have to be as well both Tainus and Shifris. And on the second Mahalach of Rashi, where Rashi says there is no contradiction because Rabbi Akiva holds we are Masri on a Kalshu of Shidafin, and the Mishnah that says that in Ashkelon there were Geyser when it was Mali Pitanor, that just happened to have been the story. The Gemara just was saying the Maisa Shahaya Kahaya. And that the Magad Mishnah asks a powerful question. How is it possible to learn this way? After all, the Gemara on the has a question. When we say in the Mishnah that we are a geyser, we are Masriya when it's Malay, Pitanur, the Gemara has a question, well, what does this mean? It doesn't mean the amount of Tvua that fits into an oven, or does it mean the amount of Tvua that can make bread that will fit into an oven, which is a much smaller amount. Like Rashi explains, in those days, the way they would make the bread was, they would take the dough and they would stick it against the sides of the oven. It would not fill up the entire airspace of the oven. And therefore, according to that understanding, there would be a chiv to be geyser tainus, even when she and affected a much smaller amount of tvua. Zakta Maga Mishnah, if this whole story was only brought down just because it happened to be that was the amount that was affected, 
So what's the Gemara's whole question? How much was it? Was the amount of Tua filling up the oven? Or was it just the amount to make bread to fill up an oven? What's enough Gemina? Whatever happened, happened. This has absolutely no practical ramifications. Therefore, the Maga Mishnah says that the Iker Pshat is like the Rambam, that Kolshu and Rebekiwa says Kolshu, that is the same exact amount of Malay Tanur, and just because, relatively speaking, it's a very small amount, Rebekiva refers to it as Kolshu. But Rashi is still a Tzarech Ian. How will Rashi answer up the questions of the Rav HaMagid? Now the Gemara teaches us that there's another time when we were Masriya, when there's an issue of an animal being Mishulechas, as if it's being sent from Shemayim to attack people. And the Gemara tells us, also Ligag Venatlatinoik Me'arisa Mishulechas. The animal went up on top of a roof and grabbed a little baby from its crib, Mishulechas, that's considered a situation where we see this as Xera, Mishamayim, this is an abnormal thing. So the Gemara asks, Shita, obviously this is considered abnormal. The Gemara answers, um, Rav Papa Kikuchei Tzaydi. What we're talking about is not a normal house. Over here we're talking about a hunter's shack. And this hunter's shack used to be built in a place where they would trap the birds. And even though it's not a Binyan Kavua to consider it like the Yishuv, and perhaps therefore I would say it's not considered Mishalachas abnormal for the animal to have attacked, Kamash Molam, then no, it is considered enough Daimah to the Yishuv that the animal is considered to be Mishalachas. Now Rashi previously in Tavriya Maskel also Ligag had said, the reason why the Gemara talks about a case of the animal climbing up on the roof and taking the baby from its crib on the roof is because that happens to be the Orcha de Milsa in those days that they would use their roofs for regular Tashmishim, for a lot of Tashmishim. But of course, Huadin, Lebayis Shetachta, of course, the same thing would apply if the baby would have been on the floor level and the animal would have entered. However, the Rambam, in Perak Beis Mehuchas Tainis Halachachas, writes, Batim habenuyim bimidbarais ubaratles hanishamais, houses that are built in the deserts and in desolate areas, hoil v'hein makim gedude chaya, since it's a place where animals are, im also ligag v'nat latinaik me'arisa harezu mishalachas. If an animal goes up on the roof and takes the baby from its crib, then it's considered mishalachas. Now the Rambam is a Sefer Halacha, and therefore if the Rambam held that Huadin, if the animal would enter the ground floor, it would be considered Mishulechas, the Rambam should, would, should have spoken that's out. And the fact that the Rambam does not is Mashma Zaktakar and Aira. The Rambam argues with Rashi, and the Rambam holds that only if it attacks and takes the baby from the roof is it considered Mishulechas. The Karen Aira says further that perhaps the Machlekes Rashi over here in the Rambam goes Lushitasam, because Rashi learns the case, Kuchi the Tzaydi, is a place where they camp out over there to catch birds. Rashi doesn't say that it's a makam where animals are. The Pashtun of Rashi is Mashma. It's a place where they catch birds. And therefore, according to Rashi, even for an animal to enter the ground floor is considered abnormal and considered Mishulachas. However, the Rambam, who says Beferish, that Kuchi the Tzaydi is a place, makam Kedu Dechaya, where animals are around over there, if so, if it would enter just the ground floor, the Rambam holds that is not considered abnormal to constitute Mishulachas. And therefore, the Rambam Lushitase must learn that when the Gemara says went up on the roof, it's Bedafka, 
only if it climbs up onto the roof to take the baby from the roof, only Chai Gavna is it considered Mishulachas. Now the Mishnah had said that there another time there were guys or tainis asha achuz even that the wolves ate the little children. The Gemara explains Amar Ula Mishum Rav Shem Ben Yaitzadak Maisel Baluz Eivim Shneitin. I guess there's a story with these two wolves ate two little children. The Ikiyam Derech Beis Harei and then they excreted them. Uba Maisel of Nechachamim and the story came before the Chachamim. The Tiaruas Abasar they said that the meat that came out it. Is not metame to masmeis. However, vetimuas hatzamais, the bones are metame to masmeis. Both Rashi and Taisus learn that the difference between the meat and the bones is that when it comes to the meat, the meat is considered nisachel, considered that it was digested, and therefore it loses its shame basar, and therefore it's not metame to masmeis. It just has a din kapirsha ba'alma. However, that hatzamais, the bones are not nisachel, not digested, and therefore they still retain the status. Of Tommy Mace. Now Rashi in Divramaskal Bowen writes that the story over here that took place with the foxes was Bowan Kishain Shleiman, they swallowed up the children without chewing on the children, but rather when they were shoveling. Frankdik Vurasari, how could Rashi learn the Sugi that way? Because Tysis and Mesathis Menachas and Afsamak Tes Ahmed Aleph, Divramaskal the Bala writes in the very end of Tysis. That our Sugya cannot be talking about a case where the foxes swallowed the children when they were shalling. Because if that would be the case, that they were shalling, it would be a kasha from the Sugya in Bechiris. The Gemara in the first parak of Bechiris on Davzayin on the Bay says, Dag tar shabala dag tame. In a case where you have a kosher fish that swallows whole a tame fish, Asr ba'achila. If you open up the fish, the tame fish is still Asr to be eaten. So what do I see from there? I see that when something is just swallowed and not chewed, that is not considered nisachel. So if so, if over here as well, the babies were just swallowed by the foxes, why would the meat be considered nisachel to lose its tumma status of tumimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
However, Al Kulan Yachid Rashar Lasagif is Atman Bataimis. An individual could decide by himself that he wants to fast. Rabbi Yaisi, however, argues on this and he says, No, Ain Ayachid Rashar Lasagif is Atman Bataimis. An individual has no right to go and put himself through a fast. Shemi at Star Labrius, perhaps it will weaken him and he won't be able to do work, Rashi says. He'll need to come on to other people. And perhaps people will not have mercy on him. Rav Yudah Marav says, What is the pshat of Rav Yaisi? He learned that from the Pasuk, says in the Pasuk, and the man was Lenefesh Chaya. And like the Marsha explains, that by all other creations, even though they have a Nefesh as well, it does not use the Lashon of Chaya by them. Only by a person does it add the extra word of Chaya, which comes to teach us, Neshama Shenasati Bach Hachyeya. The Neshama that I have placed inside your guf, you should go ahead and ensure that it's full of chiyas, full of life. Now, Taisus points out in the Viramaschal Reb Yaisi that this there Reb Yaisi says the Yachid is not allowed to be Mesagif Atzmai Betaimis. He says this Machlaikis we have over here between Reb Yaisi and the Tanakama is not the same Machlaikis that we find previously between Amayroim and Mesaptas Tainis and Nafyid Aleph on the Beis. Previously, Mesaptas Tainis, we had a Machlaikis Amayroim, someone who fasts, is he called a Chaitai? Or is he called a Kaddish, a holy person? Tysus says that that has no connection to the Machlechus that we're talking about over here. Tysus explains, the Shom Ari bin Matzilitz Uri Previously, the Gemara earlier on Yud Alpha Mabez was talking about a case where the person is strong enough to fast. And over there, there's Machlechus, whether Afal Pikain, he's called a Chaytay for fasting. However, over here, Tysus says, our Sligit is talking about the Loi Matzilitz Uri he is not strong enough to mitzar himself. And on that we have the machaikas between Rabbi Yaisi and the Tanakama. Perhaps we could be misif, a little bit of a raya to Taisis Mahalach, that it's very mistabber the way Taisis is setting up the two sigas. Previously the machaikas was whether a person who fasts is called a kadash or is called a chaitay. I like the Mesilus Yasharm explains that the machaikas over there is that on the one hand, the person, there's a darach of Avaida, that a person should be pirish, a person should hold himself back from this world. On the other hand, the other man, the Amr, says that no, the purpose of the world is that Kaddish Baruch gave a beautiful world for a person to use this world. Use it, yes, for Avedis Hashem, but not to abstain and hold himself back from this world. Like it says in Yushalmi, that a person will have to give a din v'cheshmin on every last hana that there is in the world that he did not experience. Like the Mesil Shisham explains, experiencing it and using it and therefore, since that is the crux of the question over there, so that is a fundamental question, whether the darach is to be pirish from this world, or to use the world, in the henna from the world, and therefore, it's mistabit to say, like Tyson says, over there is talking about even a person who has the ability to fast, because that's not the point. The point is, even if someone has the ability to fast, according to the Mandamru, who says he's a chayte, that is not the darach haratzoi, for a person to be naig and avaydas Hashem. Hashem in our sugya, where the Gemara darshans from a Pasuk, Nishama Shinasati Bach and like the Gemara explains that a person should not fast because he'll end up needing to come on to people, and perhaps the Briyais will not be Merachim on him, and establish to say, like Taishas explains, over here we're talking about, where he's not capable to go ahead and be fasting. Now the Yavitz makes an interesting diuk from the fact that we say in Ayachid Rasha Lesagif Atzmai, and though Taisus says we're talking about a case of Loi Matzilatuuri Anafshei, but his mashma that Betzibur, if there were Geyser Atainis, he has no choice. And even Beloi Matzilatuuri Anafshei, 
he is obligated to fast. So the Yavit says, obviously, we're not talking about the Makam Chayli, where the person is going to get sick, or the Makam Sakana, where it's person's a Sakana to his life. Obviously, it is Pashit that even B'tzibor, in such a case, a person is not allowed to fast. What we're talking about it's very painful, and it will weaken him, and in such a thing, only a Yachid has a tor. but if it be B'tzibor, he'd be Mokhayiv to go ahead and fast. And he explains the reason is, because by the Tzibor, there is no Cheshash of Shalei Rachmu Alav. By the Tzibor, there is no concern that they won't have Rachmanis on him. Because since it's a Gzera that the Tzibor should fast, and like the Gemara Mesechtas Brachas and Avav Amabeis teaches us, Igra de Tanisa is Tzedakah. The Schar of a fast day is not so much the fast, but the Iker Schar is for the Tzedakah that you give out at the end, that the poor people should have food to break their fast. And like the Gemara Masechta Sanhedrin on Aflam and Hayam and Alav teaches, Kol Tainish Shalanu at Sibur, Belechoku Tzedaka, Hare Elu Kishayfrei Damim. Any Tainish Sibur where the people go to sleep and they did not ensure that the Aniyim had food to break their fast, they are considered like murderers. Therefore, by a Tainish Sibur, there is no concern for a person, even Belech Matzilatzur and Nafshi to fast, because the people will be Merachim on him by giving him Tzedaka at the end of the day to be able to purchase meals and food to eat. The Yavitz is a little bit of a chiddush in his understanding in the Gemara. Pashtus, you understand the Gemara when the Gemara says, a Yachid is not allowed to mistagif asme betainis, because maybe he'll be nitzdarach l'briyais, and the briyais will not be merachmais alav. Pashtus, it means that a person through his fasting will become weak to the extent that even in days after this, he will not be able to go to work and work hard. He'll weaken his body. Not that it's a one-time issue that he won't have food at the end of this tainus. However, uh, the Yavit seems to be learning that the main concern is he can't go ahead and be misagif himself because perhaps he will not till be nistarach l'briyais and ain't abriyais merach misalav. He won't have food to be able to break his fast on and that's why he'll become very weak and he won't be able to mefarnish himself because of that. You have been listening to the Shurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the DAF worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a DAF or Masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.